Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am Jody Grimm and I am the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself as often as possible. I am here to laugh with you and have real conversations about all that life throws at us. I want to encourage you to own who you are, but not settle for it, to keep growing in your tenacity and your strength of character. The goal of this podcast is still the same three seasons in, that you will laugh, cry, and be challenged, but mostly that you will realize you are not alone in your struggles or your dreams. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. Happy Wednesday. How is Lindsay today? I'm doing great. How are you? Even better now that I see your beautiful (laughs) face. You guys, this is Lindsay Reed, my co-host. My co-host. How do you feel, Lindsay? I I am a little nervous, to be honest, but uh, glad to be here. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. This (laughs) This whole podcast, we just kind of want to tell my listeners, who Lindsay is and who I am. Something I noticed even writing out kind of who I am is that a lot of these details, I would just expect people to assume. Do you know what I mean? Like you kind of never tell people who you are and I hate writing out who I am. I don't know why, Um, but I find it super annoying Um, putting myself into categories or whatever. But I do think, remember Lindsay, how people would do that introduction, introduction on Instagram? Yes. Uh, Friday introductions. Yeah. And I never did yeah. that because I yeah. was like, I'm too overwhelmed to try and figure out who I even am. <laughs> I know you have to like boil your entire personality down to like 60 characters and you can't do that. Most people yeah. can't do that. No. Or, like and what's I, the most important thing about you? I don't know. I'm like, everything, everything about me. <laughs> I'm a really important person. Like the other day, so I was being interviewed to be on someone else's podcast and they were like, what do you do for work? And I thought, oh, and then I, I told her and she was like, what? Like, I think people just think that I'm making it rain with this podcast. <laughs> this is my job. But she was like, oh, like you really love business. And I was like, that's like literally probably one of the first things about me, but I've made this podcast about people and like their journey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a, kind of a weird thing, but I'll go through who I am. I am a wife of 14 years. Um, my husband is like my absolute polar opposite. Like people are always like, does he talk? And (laughs) mostly he yells my name out in the house and he hates that I, um, didn't just take his name, which honestly I kind of hate it too. So I'm Jody Lee Grimm, but no hyphen. Cause I'm not really a total feminist, <laughs> just making it weird. So anyways, um, I have two boys. They're about to be 12 and 10. They're adorable and hilarious and exactly what I hoped my children would be. Um, I am obsessed with wellness. In fact, Lindsay Reed, I made my own fabric softener for the first time last week. How weird do you think that is? Um, well, I know a lot of people who make their own detergent. I have no, really? I've never heard of anyone making their own fabric softener. I didn't yeah. know you make your own detergent. What's like yeah. the base for that? Do you have any Morax? idea? What? Morax? I, I don't know. <laughs> you need to find that out because I okay. actually was buying Melaleuca. Do you have, do you know Melaleuca? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was yeah. buying it and then I was getting mad about like the membership fee and the constant ordering. So I took a break and then they're like, if you want to come back, you can come back in six months. And I was like, what? So then I was like, I'm going to make my own fabric softener kind of like as a, 
F you to Melaleuca. <laughs> then lo and behold, I was like, it works so good. So anyways, I'm obsessed with crazy. Them. Yeah, it is crazy. And it's literally Epsom salts and baking soda. That's it. And it legit works. In the washing machine? Yeah. And you put it in the little softener spot, which I yeah. thought was going to create a whole puck. It didn't. It's phenomenal. Okay. So, and you can scent it with essential oils, but I just didn't want to waste my oils. I just thought, you know what I mean? Like, I can't afford that. Okay. There's a rough economy right now. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, so yes, obsessed with wellness and I'm obsessed with doing challenging things like going in the really cold ocean, getting up early, creating healthy routines. Um, lately I've been teaching my kids about self-discipline and spiritual disciplines. And this is something we should, we'll probably touch on like in the next few months. Um, cause kids, like my kids eat it up, which I think is weird, but they love it. Um, I'm super curious about sustainable living and it used to be because I cared a lot about the planet, but anytime the world tells me to care about something too much, I rebel. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about the planet anymore. Now it is about like, like yesterday I was, I don't always, um, I will boil a carcass obviously with like a turkey or whatever, right? As one does. (laughs) As one does, but we had had wings and I like literally looked at the bones and was like, well, there'd be a time down the road where we eat these wings and then I put these in a pot of water. (laughs) (laughs) It's more sustainability out of fear. That's like one of my new things with our poor economy. Um, And yeah, I'm always like really sad that we don't have the life skills like that our grandparents had. Like my Nana put her like cold items in a hole in the ground in her kitchen. Isn't that weird? Yeah. A seller. Did she can her own things? She canned like, everything. Canned things from her own garden. Yeah. And it was so good. And like, I don't even want to know how to do that. Like <laughs> I kind of do, but I also don't. And so anyways, um, I grew up on the Canadian Prairie, but at 36 moved to Vancouver Island on the West coast. And um, business-wise, I am in partnership development for a company in Ontario, and I work Eastern hours, and it's so perfect for me, and I love this job. Um, It's weird not to lead people, because I love people so much, but it's also a nice break from babysitting people. (laughs) So I'll say that. That's what I do during the day. And occasionally, when I have the right fit with a woman in business or leadership or an entrepreneur, I will do coach. I'll coach women in business, which I'm actually... I'm like thrilled about, and I'm, I'm coaching one woman right now, but it's all about whether or not it fits. And then, um, I'm really passionate about making businesses run well and driving revenue. Actually. Like I love to see a business drive revenue, um, in their niche little pocket. And I like to help people grow their business. And then I have some hobbies, running, fitness, walking, Pilates, cooking, recipe, planning, baking, and hosting people. Those that's me. That's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. That's that was why quick. I probably didn't have enough characters in Instagram. Just writing paragraphs. Right. Um, you you went through it so quickly though. Oh my gosh, I thought I was so slow. No, it was great. Should we also b- before I introduce myself, should we also talk about how the heck we know each other? Oh my gosh, yes. Let's tell everyone. Tell okay. them how you know me. You say it. Okay. Um, I, well, it starts with my husband who was not my husband at the time. I loved this boy that I met at church camp and he went away to college in Canada, which I thought was so fun and exciting. I'm an American for those who don't know. Um, I grew up in Washington state 
and um, he was a grade above me in school. We met at a camp. I was um, going into high school, my senior year, grade 12 for our Canadian friends. And um, he, we kept in touch and uh, he, I told him like I was looking at schools and I was going to look at that school and I applied and he told me he was not going to go back. Um, did you know this? Yeah. He I told me he, was he wasn't going to go, go back. back. I don't know if he like meant it or not, but he had a, he had a pretty difficult first year of college. Um, we were depressed together. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just got really sad. He ate nothing but chicken fingers for like a month. <laughs> More on um, sad guts, how sad guts lead to sad brains and hearts. Absolutely. I know he was not, he was not being healthy. Um, but anyway, I, he, he was like, I don't think I'm going to go back. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm still going because I thought it sounded cool and exciting to go to another country, even though it wasn't that far away. Very um, exotic. The exotic plains of Alberta. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got to school and Dan did come back and I don't remember when we actually officially met. Because were you living on campus my first year? I don't think you were. No, I was you living just lived off there campus. your first year. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. I don't, when did we actually officially meet then? I don't know. I feel like I was still on a music team with Dan. I feel like that's what yeah. happened. Like that's how him yeah. and I got to be such good friends. And then yeah. we always had like this, people like didn't want to date us or like, I don't know. We were always sad about the same things. And yeah, maybe like a few weeks in, I don't know. But I remember him telling me about you ahead of time too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him telling me about you. I think he introduced us, but I don't remember the exact moment. But then I was just like, oh, there's Jody. She always makes me so happy. Crazy girl. You're, so You're a crazy girl. Yeah. Um, okay. So then um, we went through a couple years at school and then you were in my wedding. Oh my gosh. And I actually remember us going all the time to the YMCA. Mm -hmm. We would go, we, we both love fitness. We yeah. would go to the YMCA and work out and yeah. And because I love Dan, it, it was just like so easy for all three of us even to be together right? Like yeah. just to hang out and have fun. And yes, then I was in your wedding, which was like for, for you being so young. Cause how old were you? I was 20. You were 20. Your wedding was actually gorgeous. Like when I think of like weddings at 20, usually they're like in a hall and they're not very nice. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, like yeah. the wedding was beautiful. I still yeah. remember my first time ever going to, um, that town you're from Vancouver Washington which mm -hmm. I didn't know existed and mm -hmm. I went I remember one night with maybe some of your friends and I got a Krispy Kreme donut in Portland or I don't know it yeah was, we went down to Portland yeah, yeah it was just yeah. very very fun and yeah it was yeah. so long ago yeah it was a very long time ago very long time ago and then I think yeah. I would say too that our our style of comedy you and I is just like us talking on Instagram to our followers like hey guys guess what just happened yeah and so I think that that because that's my style also I just howl every mm -hmm. time I watch your stuff and then over the years watching you raise kids and I feel I think we'll dig into this a lot and maybe find differences but I see so many similarities in how we like 
we like are strict and firm, but we want them to have fun. And yet we want to talk about everything, like nothing's off the table. Um, so, and they're wild and, and we love that, like love, hate yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, so I think over the years too, I feel like the closeness has changed, but even if I don't, when I don't talk to you, it's always there. It never goes away. And I think that's, what's so cool about our relationship long-term. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so special. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll go through kind of who I am and, and um, hopefully our listeners see the haven't, overlaps. Haven't shut this um, up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being okay. here guys. <laughs> so I, uh, like I said, I grew up in um, the Pacific Northwest. Um I met my husband very young and um, we got married very young and we took our time um, before starting a family. Um, so I now have two boys. They just turned 11 and seven and our oldest is adopted, um, which I'm sure I'll get into a lot of that later. Um, he's, he's a complex young man, but he's, uh, he's he, amazing. So, uh, and then we have little Ronan um, who's seven and he's our baby and we, are treating him like a baby and we really need to stop. Um, <laughs> but I think as a, as a, a parent, I, I am pretty strict. I have to be with, with Liam. Like he really challenges us a lot. Um, and so he's taught me to be, uh, like more regimented than I thought I would be. Like, I thought I'd just be like, yeah, like, let's just kind of go with the flow and do That's whatever. So cool. like, yeah. Yeah. And he like, cannot be like that. So, um, so I have to be pretty regimented, like more, more like scheduled and regimented than I would like because of, of him. But I think it's good for all of us. Cause I'm, I'm starting to realize, I think every single person in my house has ADHD, but, um, <laughs> all the best people do. Yeah. But half of us have been diagnosed. Um, the other two, I'm like, for sure. We also do you have, have it. it? I think I do. <laughs> Okay. So I told someone, my old boss, like we always joke that like all the best people have it because they're the most yeah. fun. Like they're all over the map. Yeah. But yesterday someone sent me something and I'm like, I think it's time that I just recognize I have it. But it was like every, like he was even as minute as like, you have a really hard time throwing the shampoo bottles out of the, out of the, sh like the shower into the recycling. And I like, it, and it was like, I leave every cupboard door open when I cook a meal. And I'm always like, my mom's always like, what's happening. I'm like, well, I might need to go back to that spice cupboard. Like, it's yeah. like, I'm like, how does, how do these people know me? So that's interesting that maybe we just all have it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the, the attention span is, is just going down as, as society moves on, but yeah. um, it's, it's a fun challenge where we're learning how to, how to deal with it. But um, okay. So my husband is a songwriter. He was not always a songwriter. He has, uh, we both have had a very, um, interesting career path to get to where we are now, but we're, uh, we both have very, um, fun careers. I think like we both love what we do. He does tour a little bit. Um, he, we moved to Nashville, uh, nine years ago, wow. almost nine years ago. Yeah. February, February will be nine years. And, um, so touring is just something that's kind of a part of our culture here. And, um, almost everyone we know does it or has done it uh, a little bit or a lot. And so he's found this um, band that doesn't go out very often, but he does, uh, he does tour about 50 days a year. Um, 
and uh, I'm a wedding planner, which um, that's a long, long story of how I got there. But um, we, we love it here in the South. It is definitely a big change for us being from the Northwest where, um, I mean, just as far as our, our faith goes and our beliefs go, like it's kind of night and day. Like it's, it feels like two different countries, um, Washington state and Tennessee, um, in a lot of different ways. We're definitely in a more, like we live in the city. We're a few miles from downtown. So, um, it's definitely, um, not the, the deep South at all. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, there it's, it's definitely like the state, uh, our state is very, very conservative, but all of the cities are, are very, very liberal. So it's, um, oh, interesting, you know, like such a mix. Yeah, it's a mix. It's, and, and I just think device like politics in the U S especially right now are very divisive and polarizing. So hate that. Um, we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think because I grew up in the Northwest, like, you know, I, I grew up recycling and like, I moved here eight years ago and no one was recycling. I'm like, I recycle? they, they do now, but eight years ago when we moved here, no one was recycling. Yeah. And I was like, we've been recycling. Like my mom grew up recycling in Washington state. Like that's how far behind Tennessee was. Um, but it has changed and grown so much. And I mean, I love organic food and, um, I, I think Jody actually got me on salt deodorant. Like I have not worn deodorant since before college. Um, I mean, I wear, I wear natural deodorant. I just mean, I haven't used the aluminum junk. Well, like, I say, I'm like always happy when I can convert one person. I think what I've realized, which I need to change my mindset around because I believe I'm here to challenge people. But when you say that, I'm like, I make my own body butter. I make my own deodorant. Now I make my own fabric softener. And yeah. what you start to realize is, is it's actually cheaper because I buy the, the other things that I need as the ingredients in bulk now. But what I was going to say is that's like, I have to remember that people will hear things and one person might listen. So you like not using aluminum deodorant makes, and your breasts are very happy and your lymph nodes are very happy. I'm, yeah. happy. I'm happy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so even despite all of my clean living, um, I got a hormonal, I got diagnosed with a hormonal imbalance a couple of years ago, or I guess maybe a little over a year ago, um, which, you know, there was obviously a lot of stress did the pandemic and things like that, but I'm really even more so trying to clean up, um, you know, just environmental hazard not hazards yeah, toxins toxins yeah environmental toxins and um i'm taking like a thousand different supplements and all of those kinds of things so um i've always loved um wellness and had like pretty good um regimens and um like love to take care of myself because i i really need to um okay yes something that I remembered yesterday was that when we were in college, I remember yoga wasn't like a very common thing at the time. And I remember you talking about how your Nana had fibromyalgia and did yoga all the time every morning. And it just like really helped her live a good life. May she rest in peace. Cause I know she's gone mm -hmm. now, but, mm -hmm. um, and my mom also has it. And a lot of what like inspires me and not even inspires. It's not an inspiration. It drives me to make, and to not accept, um, just like, 
I don't know. I don't accept what a lot of labels say. I like, don't believe them. And I just want to make it myself because it's easier. But I think that's, that's a lot of our um, drive and inspiration is having people in our family that have, have struggled with, you know, how, what, we don't know what causes a lot of this stuff, but I'm going to make up that if our grandma's grandmas didn't have it, it's a lot of the toxins and in our everyday society, all the, I think the naturopath called them toxicants. And so that's something too, that unites us is our common desire to keep away autoimmune diseases and keep away other diseases. And we both just really want to live well and feel well. Yeah. And that's something too, that I thought of yesterday that really unites us too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I learned in getting this hormonal imbalance diagnosis, um, was that like, I was not eating enough. And I think Mm -hmm. that is a whole thing, (laughs) um, for so many women. When were you demonizing certain foods like carbs and stuff like that? Yeah, I've definitely been avoiding carbs for like probably two decades. Um, you know, I'll go through, I'll go through periods where I'm like, I'm running a lot. I know I need a lot of carbs, but if I wasn't running a lot, I wasn't eating carbs, like avoiding them so much. And, um, I don't know, just, just the whole diet culture. Like I never really felt like I was putting myself on a diet necessarily. Like I was always thin, but I was totally like restricting food and that that affects your entire body, that affects your liver function, that affects your cells, that affects your brain, that affects your hormones. Like, um, and so when, uh, when I first got that diagnosis, I learned that I needed to eat more. So Which great. is such a great diagnosis, like not diagnosis, but such a great, um, what's the word like solution. Yeah. Is like yeah. learning, learning to eat and something we'll talk about. I actually think I want you to interview me about it is I'm just officially down 20 pounds since January. Ooh. And I've been very quiet about it because I'm sort of like anti-diet and just pro like living well. But what you realize a lot of times is in our culture, because there are so many diet culture things, we don't know what living well looks like anymore. And, yeah. and living with a balanced diet where you get you know, fat and you have carbs and you have proteins and you like, you're not cutting stuff out. And then sometimes you have chips for breakfast (laughs) or like yesterday I ate like six candy bars, like, cause it's Halloween tomorrow today. Oh, secretly just kidding. November November 9th, November 9th. (laughs) 9th. Um, but yeah, so that's where it's like, when you say that I'm, yeah, I don't know. It just really, just really something I'd like to dip into as well, because I think it's so important. Um, the diet culture basically just teaches your body to restrict because you're restricting, restricting. It's like telling you like, I got your back. Like I'm going to put all these pounds back on plus more because mm-hmm. you've told me that through restriction, we need to hoard fat. We need to store fat on your body. And so it's like, we need to go the opposite direction. Yeah. Right. Like with that for sure. Yeah. Um. So with that, uh, I've always been very driven and focused and, um, mm-hmm. like I, I don't, I don't necessarily like to struggle though, is something that I've been thinking about lately. Like, I don't like the struggle. I'm like, let's fix, let's fix this. Like, I don't want to sit in that yuckiness. And I've, um, over the last like year, just tried to challenge myself just to like, don't try and fix this. Like, 
if my son is freaking out or if I'm, you know, grieving, Dan's mom died a year ago. If, if, yeah. if that, if those feelings come up, like, don't try and fix it. Just sit, you know, sit, sit through it. And, um, it's a really good, that's a really powerful thing. Even like, especially like with grief, that's like a totally different thing. But then with raising kids, I think responsive versus reactive it's so much easier to respond if you're just sitting there silent and thinking yeah. versus like verbalizing whatever you're thinking yeah. which usually in the moment needs you to calm down or whatever, or like not do, not parent your kid out of insecurity because there's other people there. Yeah. Right. Like not. Um, so that's, that's interesting. That's a really powerful thing. And I think that helps your hormones, right? Yeah. Like sitting in that stuff because your body keeps the score. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just trying to, instead of, you know, dismiss everything or like coming up with a solution right away, just like realizing that struggle is a part of life. Yeah. So. And it's, it, it, it grows us. It's like the only part that grows yeah. us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I'm going to just skip to my interesting career path. Um, yes. So I, so Jody mentioned we went to the YMCA a lot in college. And um, after college, I uh, became a personal trainer for a short time. Um, I think I did it for two years and realized like, this will be really hard to make a lot of money in. Yes. And that was, it was before social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least I think, it, yeah, it was before social media. So like now personal trainers are selling things online and, you know, right. everyone's got celebrity clients and things like that. But at the time I was like, okay, 20, you know, 25 to $40 an hour. And I'm like, and I have to be at the gym every day at 5am. And then I have to come back in the evening and work really late because I can't work in the middle of the day because nobody hires a personal trainer in the middle of the day. And uh, I, I burn out on it pretty quickly. Um, so I became in. Yeah. Did you know that I did that? No. That's like so funny. So I got, oh, wait, no, I think I do know that you did that. It was a long time ago now though, but like I got yeah. certified in 2013 yeah. and then did it until 2018. And I taught at the YMCA and I taught all sorts of like group classes and like choreographed classes and stuff. And I loved it. But same thing, like you said, I was like, there's no money in this. And I was up at four 15 in the morning. And I actually started it thinking I'm going to get so thin doing this. Like I'm going to be so fit. And then I struggled a lot with like insecurity telling people I did it. Cause I felt like they looked at me and were like, you're not skinny enough to do that. But no. like, I felt really insecure about telling people I did it, which makes it really hard to promote yourself. <laughs> you were embarrassed of your body to you tell me that you one. did it, but I had so much fun doing it, but then it became like, yeah, like I just realized I wasn't going to make the money I wanted for how much it was taxing my body. I actually gained 15 pounds like within four months and it was because I was under eating. I was running all the time alongside every class to be like, you could do more like right in there with them. Yeah. And it just about killed my adrenal glands and my thyroid. So when you say that now, I'm like, that's just a really tough industry. Like yeah. it's really tough. So I share your sentiments anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I went on to do administrative assisting for years, um, years and years and years. And it was just, I mean, just kind of an easy career path and like steady paycheck. 
Did you get an escrow? Yeah. Did escrow. And I mean, they helped me buy my first house, not helped me, but just like being in that world. Like we bought a house when we were 22. Um, cause I knew lenders and I knew realtors and I understood the paperwork <laughs> and you knew, and, what you, uh, you knew what you were, what you could do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. What I could do. So, um, and then I had always loved photography, but I, um, got really, really into photography. I would say around like 25 years old or so. Um, so at that point I was a few years out of college and was already married and, um, Dan encouraged me to you know, buy a really nice camera and, um, that spun into like a very lucrative side hustle for years and years and years. I got into shooting weddings. I shot your wedding. And was uh, that your first wedding? I, I think you were my second. Second, because yeah. I still like, I want to show you this picture of us that's on my wall that you took. Um, but the funny thing is I didn't know that when you blow up a giant canvas, like it's literally like one of the biggest ones you can get. I didn't yeah. know that you're supposed to pick a picture where you're not, it's not a close up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like this massive, massive photo of us. And then they accidentally sent us two. And so my parents have had it at their house, but they just moved. And so like I said to my husband, I don't, I want to send this to the dump, but you feel bad cutting it up. So yeah. then I, I cut our, I cut our faces out of it. <laughs> and then he, and then the kids were like, mom, why did you cut up the picture of you and dad? Are you guys getting a divorce? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like Clarice. Like you could like hold it up to your face. Anyways. Continue it's on. like life size of your face. That's really large. It is really large. It's like very <laughs> large. It's very much life size. And so someone was like, that's really like a nice photo of you guys. But why did like people always do one where they're like sitting, staring at a brook, like really, yeah. it's more like scenery and then yeah. like in the corner. And this is like us <laughs> up close and personal right in your face. It's so funny, but I still have it on the wall because I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm kind so of embarrassed. Um, that's great. But you didn't blow up the picture. It's my fault. It's, it's your picture. Um, okay. So I did photography for a long time. And then when we decided to move to Nashville, um, just for Dan's career, I was very overwhelmed with the idea of starting a photography business in a completely new city, new part of the country. I only knew like three people when we moved here. Um, and I was looking for ways to get into the events industry and found a company uh, that looked interesting and was hiring. And, um, she hired me on the spot and I started assisting with weddings and taking detail photos of her beautifully designed events. And that got me into wedding, uh, planning and she trained me to be a planner. And then she gave me the company in 2018. She, um, had started to go back to school and was going to move out outside of Nashville. And I bought the company from her and then I launched my own brand of wedding planning business last year um, called Read Event House. So when I did an intro on us talking about this at the end of my initial podcast launching this season, um, do you call it the Read Event House or River City Events or is it like, what is it actually called? Read Event House is my, my business. And okay. the other company I am currently trying to sell. Is that a secret? Should I edit this out? Kind of. No, um, no, it's, it's no. Uh, I'm at the point now where I've tried to keep it a secret and it's not a secret anymore. I'm not taking any clients. And so like, I need someone to buy it. So, so if anyone is listening <laughs> and would like to buy 
an event planning company that's event very planning. established. And what is the name of it again? Um, Music City Events. Which sounds so cool. I think I said River City Events, but okay. Music City sounds so cool. Nashville is so cool. Nashville's great. Love and Nashville. as soon as soon as you're president, let's me, um, me and all my grossness and enter your country. I'll gladly come into your country. <laughs> but until then, I will just dream of it from afar. That is so weird that they're not letting Canadians in. But anyway, we're um, letting Canadians in, just not unvaccinated. Not you. It's just not me. Yeah. It's not really like six percent of us aren't allowed in. That's it. Take it. Um Okay. So yes. So I love wedding planning. I am, um, in several kind of, um, educational groups, um, and like an accountability, a business accountability group for, um, for this industry. And I love it. I'd love to get into the education side of things once I've, you know, been in it a little bit longer. Um, so that's definitely a lot of what I do with my time. And my other hobbies are running, um, home design and home renovations. We have uh, always done home renovations. I have never lived in a new home. We've always bought older homes and fixed things up. Um, and I'm also a foster foster child advocate. So um, I mentioned my firstborn is um, adopted. We adopted him out of foster care and uh, always knew that I wanted to get involved with foster care again at some point. Um, but we do not want to take any more children into our home at this time. So I was trying to figure out how I could get involved. And um, just last year joined CASA, um, which is Court Appointed Special Advocate. Um, so we are volunteers that are um, basically the eyes and ears on, uh, on a case. There's so many. Um, our system here is not doing well it's very very overwhelmed and so every social worker they have some some of them have dozens some of them have hundreds of cases and they just can't keep track of everything um uh so yeah our social workers in this county have several hundred cases and then there's guardian ad litems that have about 20 to 30 cases and ACASA just has one case. And so we're, we're volunteers that are like actually paying attention to how the kids are doing and making sure that, that you know, things are progressing either that um, their parents are, are doing what they're supposed to do so that they can be reunited with their parents. Um, or if we think that that's not a safe situation, we speak up in court and we say, you know, this happened at the last parent visit or that happened or you know the child has told me that they don't feel safe at grandma's house just things like that so ah, it's like you're the only person truly with the ability to pay attention yeah because there's no space for the there's, social worker right yeah there's no space at all i mean they, they pick up a file like they don't know who these kids are at all unless they maybe just recently saw them so um so i've gone to court a few times i've I've been with a sibling group since I got certified and um, they're going to be adopted soon. So that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's something that I love to do. It really doesn't take up a lot of my time and it's just, I feel like it's a great way for me to help out with foster care. I love that you thought outside the box. Cause I think a lot of times people are like, well, I don't feel like it's appropriate for whatever reason for me to have a foster kid, or I don't have the time for that or whatever, but to think like, okay, but what can I do? Cause I think so often we make it so big. Right. Yeah. And I love yeah. that you were like, I'm going to see how, like, how can I help with a way that works with your own schedule? That's like genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's very smart. Yeah. Thank very you. Smart girl. Um, so 
obviously, like I said, we process things really similarly. We are into, we have like a ridiculous amount of crossover in our lives. We have boys, which is the whole thing, <laughs> a whole big messy thing. It is. Um, and we want to raise them to be able to talk about anything. I, I want to, I think that'll be a, definitely our kids will be kind of a primary focus, but also we share the same core values. I, I think it's also so interesting that I grew up in a Bible belt and now I am on the liberal coast, um, mm-hmm. which is hard for me a lot of times. And, but I think that that's good. Cause you'll be able to offer me a good perspective and stuff as, as well. Um, and we both love to be challenged and grow ourselves. And I think that in, even in us working through stuff together, that will be great. Um, information for other people, uh, you know, because you and I are very driven and creative about how we grow ourselves. And so that's something that I want us to be able to do publicly, um, to encourage other people to, you know, one of my big things is I want to love people the way they are, but I don't want them to settle for that, you know, because if, if I had just like 10 years ago been like, yeah, I'm cooked like a fixed mindset, right? Like I'm cooked, I'm done versus like, no, like exponentially I can keep growing in emotional intelligence, in how I care for my body and how I love other people and how I forgive. Like there's so many ways we can grow. And I think a lot of times we act like we're kind of cooked. And so um, I could go on and on about all the things I love about you. And I love your heart and you're honest and you're funny and you're curious. And something I wanted to tell you was you're a real mama, and have I told you my black mama theory? No. Okay. So like, get ready. I think this is the best. So a little while ago, I was thinking about discipline with my kids and what that looks like. And I was thinking about like, like a black mama off like a movie. She doesn't take any shit. Mm-hmm. Black mamas just don't take shit. And kids, yeah. like I was thinking about how I want my kids to be respectful and like all these things. And so whatever my kids like push a boundary too far, I literally think like, would a black mama put up with this? Because those women, like in in my in my stereotypical black mama in my mind, like she is gonna love you as hard as she can. She is gonna cook for you and stuff you so full. She mm-hmm. is going to like care for you in all the ways you need, but she will not take your crap. And so yeah. I try to ask myself that whenever my kids are like getting out of hand or they need like, you know, um, just to be like brought back to reality is like, would a black mama put up with this? <laughs> so that's my mom that's my mama theory I would encourage you to share it with your friends um I mean I we we live in a, a city that's like 30 percent black and so I've seen this I mean Washington is almost in completely white like we have a lot of Asians but by a lot it's like five percent so um I have seen this firsthand and it was it was a big shift for us but I have just gotten so used to it like like seeing my boys play on sports teams and like the black parents are like, they're tough, but they are so loving. And I'm like, yeah, I I have learned a lot being in the South, like being like raising my kids here. I have learned so much from that. I just think that's so cool. So you can actually give me more to that theory. Um, You can, they are, they do not put up with anything. No. And, but yet like, yet the, the whole thing is like kids need discipline, but they need love. And how do you do that together so well that your, your kid knows that like they are in huge trouble for this, but like you absolutely have their back. Right. Like what's balance. So that's something that, um, 
that we can like dig into for sure. But that's what I love about us separately and together. Yeah. Love it. So much love. What do you think about us separately and together? I, I feel like, you know, going, going to school in another country and like really not knowing anyone. I mean, I had a, a crush on Dan and I don't think I knew anyone else at that school going into it. Um, no, that's not true. I knew a few people, uh, not very well, but, um, I just thought you're, you were always just so open and so accepting and vulnerable. And like, I never had to worry, like, I never wondered what you were thinking. <laughs> and I really liked that about you. Um, and I feel like it's still, it's still the same. Like you, you really haven't changed that much. Obviously you've grown so much. Um, like we are not the dumb 18 year olds that we were in college. Thank God. Yeah. But, um, I just, I've always loved your vulnerability and the way that you let people be themselves and let people kind of explore who they are and kind of bring out the best in people. That's why, that's why I love talking to you. Oh, I love talking yeah. to you. I wish I could speak <laughs> to you. I maybe mean, would just say that like, I think in the last year, like vulnerabilities become hard for me. It's also become hard, um, living on the West coast because I feel so different than everybody else. And I, but I still want to maintain that, that ability to like, just love people where they're at and something I know, even with doing, doing things with other people like this, like doing a podcast like this, Mm -hmm. I just want to create a space for you to show up that doesn't feel like, I know it's nerve wracking for someone who's new to this or whatever. And that's where I think it's so important. Anybody. So this is my advice to anybody wanting to start something. Partnerships are so beautiful, but it requires constant communication. Like even today, I was like, Lindsay, if today doesn't work, like we we can reschedule just because life is full. And as women, we are so pulled towards burnout. And Mm -hmm. so I think, I think it's just having you say that I'm like, we can have these relationships, we can create these things, but I think a lot of times people err on the side of less communication and it doesn't create a safe place for people to either be like, I can't today, like, and I'm all about keeping commitments, but I think if I want to have beautiful relationships with people, I have to allow space for canceling and those things. So that's how we, so we don't get burnt out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, um, I'm super excited to, to do this with you. And we want to talk about all the funny things. Like I got sent a video last week. I've been, um, I've been having some pelvic floor issues and I think I'm just going to say it. Someone sent me a video that if you like massage the top of your foot, it like helps your pelvic floor. I don't know. There's just like so, so many things that we're going to, I know, right. We're going to need to break some of the stuff down, but we want to talk about hormones, Mm -hmm. burnout, um, and then resting and making a practice of rest. Yeah. No one talks about that. No, I'm not great at rest. And I know you're not either. <laughs> okay. I'm not, but because I love a regimen yeah. um, so much like last night and I'm struggling more with anxiety in my life than I ever have. Um, and I was like, you need to take an L-theanine. Like I'm like, okay, take an L-theanine or an ashwagandha before bed because those things help so much. But I am like the person who I'm like, I can have a regimen for that mm-hmm. <laughs> for my rest. Um, but even like yesterday, I 
I walked after dinner because that's better for my insulin. I'm like trying to like, so I, I'm very planned about what I'm doing. And I had an Epsom salts bath night before last because I know my body needs that. So I'm trying to like add restful items in to my like inability to sit down. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's helping, but I have to keep it top of mind. So mm-hmm. I think we can, as people who don't rest easily, that's not our natural go-to. Yeah. I think that's something that we can work through. And there's this book called When the Body Says No by a man named Dr. Gabor Matel, I think is his name. Anyways, it's, I listened to the, I listened to half of it because it was so boring. I wanted to die, but it was like a 10 hour yeah. audible listen and I couldn't have, I didn't have time for that. Um, There you go. But what I got out of the five hours of listening was you don't want to create a body that has to say no to you. Oh yeah. Right. And so we'll, we're, nothing's going to be off limits for us except maybe politics. Cause that's just gross. And I get so heated. No one wants to see that side of me. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we did have a hot topic item for today, but we are going to save that for you guys because we know you got stuff to do today and we appreciate that you tuned in. We probably have stuff to do today too. Um, Something I will say is it is Halloween here. And I I did want to say really quickly that I um, just, my son last night was, he gets really emotional and he was like, I, we're having kids over for a pizza party before they go trick or treating. And he was like, I just feel like my house isn't going to be nice enough or clean enough or cool enough. And I was like, okay, like let's whip around and make sure we've tidied everything up and we feel good about, you know, presenting ourselves or whatever. And then I actually just now with, um, what's that paper called streamers? I made a spider web across my patio doors. Oh, and I also blew up an orange balloon and put a pumpkin face on it. And I'm feeling like mom of the year. <laughs> really that's more decor than we have um i don't love it but it's just mostly about murder anyways <laughs> are your kids ready for halloween are they excited about it they're so excited yeah. yes i can't wait mostly. i don't want all the candy in my house though it makes no. me sick just to think about it <laughs> i know and i'm gonna just mostly eat as much of it as i can tonight and then not have any more for the like that's it like i won't have any after tonight but i plan on feeling sick mm-hmm. aversion therapy <laughs> that's right. um no yeah, that's okay. awesome okay so going forward um i just wanted to say really quickly what i'm most excited about um you know we won't co-host every episode but a fair number of them in the next couple months for sure and i just don't want to stress Lindsay out i want her to stay i wanted to make it a really good experience but um what i'm most excited about is selfishly i think i think we're at a, a phase in our world where we need to build we need to be proactive in building connection with other people and because you're someone who i've always loved and we don't live in the same country it's not easy for us to have opportunities to connect And so selfishly, I'm just like really excited to grow deeper in my friendship with you and to love you through this podcast and, and care for you and know what's going on in your life. And I think that, um, that that's a really powerful experience that I hope to get from this podcast. (laughs) No pressure. Um, I also love your perspective on stuff and I'm excited to talk about hard things and get your perspective on it and then laugh at stupid crap because we love to laugh at stupid stuff. And 
And then also showcase the people that you're curious about, because I've spent two years showcasing people that I'm curious about, and I'm excited to showcase your people or highlight your people, people in your life that you're like, they have a really cool story. Like this needs to come out in the open. Right. And stuff like that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about doing this together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited too. I, I have some, I I just feel like Nashville is such a weird and interesting and creative city that I, um, I'm really excited to share some of the people that I've met. And I think, um, I just think what you're, what you've created, like what you've started, just has a lot of value. Like I know I've gotten a lot out of it. Um, there's just so much fake on the internet and on podcasts. Yeah. yeah. And this overly produced, you know, just garbage. <laughs> That's like not even real. And I'm just excited to create something of substance that hopefully will help people maybe improve their lives, expand their minds, feel a little bit better about the way that they've been feeling. Oh, I love that. Like (laughs) that's exactly what this does. And you're right. And I think that's the draw is that it's authentic. And I know it pushes me to be more authentic and, and that's really hard sometimes, but Hey, we're just made to do hard things. So (laughs) thanks for tuning in everybody. And we will be back to chat at you guys again. (laughs) Please like, subscribe, tell all your friends about this podcast. Thank you and good day. (laughs) Say bye. Bye. Thank you so much for spending your time here with the More Jody podcast today. I am so thankful that you came along and listened to this episode. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Share this with a friend. It would mean so much to me and have an awesome day. Go be the change that you want to see in this world. Thank you.